1: How's everybody's Easter going so far?
0: Pretty great, apparently, because I completely forgot that that was right now, <laughs> today.
2: Mine's been going good. How did everybody's battle with the big rabbit go?
3: <laughs> uh, you know, I've had better years, Yeah, um, but, you know, I, I at least took a couple of chunks out of one of his ears. Good. My teeth are bigger, so, I mean, I always <laughs> have that advantage.
1: I've been practicing all year. Uh-huh. Uh, I keep buying tricks and leaving it around the house so that I practice on the smaller rabbit when he's trying to get the cereal.
3: Nice.
1: I He
2: absolutely thundered me with those big legs today. Like, just <laughs> oh. positively got me got me in his grips and just started blasting me with those legs. And every time he did, jelly beans came out of me, and I'm not sure where from. <laughs> uh, I think that's... I don't recall that in previous years. So I don't know if it's a, an aged into it thing or yeah. if he's got a new power.
0: I brought home another trophy this year to add to my wall wow and i just i just stood there and ate robin eggs in front of him it was great i
2: don't think i believe you because you said you had forgotten that it was easter which (laughs) Uh implies like some concussive damage that maybe he (laughs) whooped your ass and you forgot hey
0: you know what you can take a few hits and still win
1: okay so you just wondered you weren't sure
2: where the trophy came from but now it's all coming back to you as
1: we talk about it. exactly what is the trophy do i want to (laughs) know should we not discuss this you don't want to know yeah this reminds me that last year this time we ran an Easter one shot. Oh yeah. I ran oh, yeah. I ran
2: the bunny monster. Oh man. That's that's the that's the one I'm talking about. Like he came for me. Oh. He was upset that I told his story and I didn't do it justice. Yeah. And he came for me hard.
0: You didn't do it justice? What did you uh
2: Well, okay. I, I think he was trying to explain it to me, but he doesn't speak human words. Like it's almost sort of like a weird eldritch tongue a lot of the time.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, Wait a minute. You didn't take Eldritch tongue in high school. I didn't was that take, not I didn't a take, mandatory class? I didn't
2: take Eldritch Bunny.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha.
1: Core forty really messes people up. Yeah, yeah. When you get older. <laughs> it was an elective at my school. <laughs> like, oh, okay,
0: absolutely mandatory all four years for mine. So
1: I had no idea it was Easter. <laughs> <until>. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who came in and said it. I was like, "Oh, it's Easter." I was like, "Oh, right." Coo-coo-coo. Well, let's record.
0: Well, let's, <laughs> let's do what we usually do on days that aren't Easter. On, on, on Sundays,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, it is the beginning of the month, uh, so we would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who joined us on our Patreon in, in the month of March. Harry Ward, Benjamin Gray, Danny82, Matt Barnes, Jency Britt, The Ragamuffin, Ben Doyle, Corpse, Sean Klein, Flanneled Bear, Ossifer, and Mary. Uh, so thank you to all of you who joined us this month, and thank you to all of you who join us every month. Uh, if you would like to find out more about our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash show to learn all about the things that we offer there. And as a matter of fact, actually, April is the month if you'd like to join and get in on the swag tier or the t-shirt tier, this is the beginning of that new cycle. Uh, this morning I was working on the swag that we're getting ready to send out, uh, and I am very excited for everyone to see it. Yeah. It looks so cool. Yeah. Also, just a little update on the cosplay contest for our three-year anniversary. We said we would announce the prizes. Uh, We put our heads together and came up with the prizes. Uh, Again, the winners will be drawn at random, and the entry date for that is Friday, May 21st at 11.59 p.m. Uh, We will announce the winners on the 26th. Uh, The prizes that we're going to give away, uh, one of them will be just a pile of swag. Uh, Whenever we make stuff for the Patreon or order things for the store, we always add a little extra and hoard it away for, you know, moments like this. We've got water bottles and pint glasses and all kinds of things. Uh, so we'll we'll send you a, and a other fa- things that aren't drinking vessels. <laughs> and other things that we don't drink from. Uh, so we'll send you a, a big fat pile of swag. <laughs> 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 sounds like sounds I feel like, like an you insult. insulted them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we'll send you, your big fat piles. Wait, hold on. Uh, one of the other prizes uh, will be that I will run you through a one-shot of Monster of the Week with you and three of your friends. Uh, we'll figure out how to do that, like, on Skype or Discord. Uh, and then for the third prize, that will be a coupon code for our store. Uh, we have the T-shirts and everything like that that ships internationally. Uh, so that will be a, uh, a coupon to use on the store to get some free merch that way. So, again, any character from anything we have done. Submit that through email, through the website, or tag us on Twitter by Friday, May 21st. Uh, And then, lastly, we're coming up towards the end of iHunt. We are playing iHunt over at our Twitch channel. On the eighth and final episode of that, we're going to be giving away a copy of iHunt. And it is a very good game and a very big book. Uh, I believe that they told me that the price of that book is $69. And they instantly said, nice, nice, nice. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they said it that way on purpose. Uh, but we also have a bunch of other swag that we were sent uh, by the creators of the game. Uh, so we will be giving out a copy of that book as well as some of the other swag that they sent us during the final episode of I Hunt, which you can find over at twitch.tv slash the show. Uh, I think with that, it's time to let the recap roll.
0: This is so weird. Where are we?
2: I think we're in Fanarin. I mean, death told me that I wouldn't be able to come back to Fanarin. So I don't think this is exactly that, but it sure does seem similar.
0: That fire over there is where this, uh, it hits a doorknob, I guess. I I don't know what we would need it for, but that thing, her whole purpose was to be here and guard it. So we should probably get it.
3: Hi, I'm Tass. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm Raylor. What are you doing up here? Studying. Oh, what are you studying? Oh, the various inhabitants of this mountain.
1: There are all kinds of interesting things here to be found, and I'm just a big fan of learning.
2: Raylor, do you mind if I pop out your doorknob real quick and give something a shot? Sure.
1: All right, I'll do that. All right, so you pop off his doorknob and you place this magical silver one on. You open the door and instead of opening out to the snow, it opens into a large stone room. You can hear the sounds of music playing and people talking and the smell of beer and chicken come wafting through. And there are some heavy footsteps as someone approaches down a hallway just to your left that you can't quite see through this doorway. And a head peeks around, very high off the ground, like seven feet. Green skin, a chef's hat, and a broad smile. Welcome to the Inn that Wanders. What can I get for you?
3: Trog?
1: Yeah, that's my name. How are you?
3: I launch through the door and hug him.
1: Oh, oh, careful there now, little fellow. What's going on?
3: It's me. It's Tass. I used to be a halfling with the horns. And we went to our other... Place and but this is me for real. Oh, look at you! You all grown up. Oh, it is you! It's our you. Oh, oh
1: it's good to see you. And Wait, to grew up? You. Hold
3: on. Yeah, you
1: like you used to be a little tiny thing with horns, and yeah. now look at the size of you. Uh, all right. Yeah, like twice the size.
3: Yeah, that's f- okay. Yes, fair. I grew up. All right, cool. Oh my god. Holy shit! It worked, kind of.
2: Yeah. I wonder. If, uh, hey, first of all, hey Trog, it's me. I know like, that voice. Yeah, buddy, what's up? Hey, how are you? I wasn't sure I was gonna see you again. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. So you know how this thing works? Like how we found the entrance, the magic doorknob? Yeah, yeah.
1: We uh, <laughs> we had some issues a while ago. You know, Haven, uh, it's kind of exists in its own little space. And we had a problem where one day, Lendara I, we couldn't get out. Like, it just stopped working. And so we had this idea of, uh, of where we made these magical doorknobs and we just started putting them through the teleporter. And eventually, people started opening the door and they came back out. And... Uh, now we've just kind of become, uh, I don't know, like a interdimensional pub. People find the door, they can come in. As long as you got the doorknob, you can open the door wherever, and it leads here. So can
2: I pop the knob back off here and bring it with us? Is that what we have to do? Yeah, yeah, if you want to be able to like come
1: back here from another door. Oh, all right.
0: Hi, I'm Megan.
1: Oh, hi, Megan. How are you? I like your hair.
0: Oh, thanks. I like your hat.
1: Thanks.
3: And uh, Trog, that's
1: Raylor. Oh, hey, Raylor, are you... uh you, you join and you're coming in. What exactly is going on
2: here? I guess we've uh, cracked an entrance to a, you heard him, an interdimensional pub. Does that sound like uh, your kind of thing?
1: May I ask uh, what world this pub is on? It's technically part of uh, Fanarin, but we're kind of not really on any plane of existence. It's like between the planes. If you were to like break the walls, it's just kind of gooey magic. Oh, well, it's very exciting. This would be my first trip off of card. I've heard of other worlds, I just was never sure I'd ever see one. Yes, I think I will indeed join you.
2: Nice, yeah, I'll, I'll remove the knob before we close the door behind us.
0: Oh, it's so much warmer in here.
3: Wow, of all the things I was not expecting.
0: So, uh, how do you guys know each other? I'm guessing it's a fan or anything?
3: Yeah,
2: we, uh, well, weren't f- weren't friends when we met. Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys tried to bury me in a pile of garbage. Yeah, I tried to burn down his house. Yeah, with me in it. Yeah. They were trying to kill us, though, also. So it was kind of, you know, a, a turnabout yeah. is fair play type of thing. I was just trying to make dinner. He was innocent. That's why we're friends.
0: That makes sense. I was very suspicious of them as well.
1: I mean, look at him. Yeah. Well, we didn't even look this way when you met us. Yeah, I know. You're more suspicious now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Yeah. And then anyway, uh, he and I both ended up kind of stuck with the uh, the other Eston.
1: Yeah. This place used to be his uh, his layer i guess and uh jake and i turned it into like a it was like a base for a while we used to have adventures and like trying to save uh tj's grandfather and uh, then they left and uh you know we just got stuck in here one time and uh, and then we kind of turned it into this tavern uh, oh, come on in come on in and he walks a little further in and turns left to go down that hallway into the main dining room and inside of it as you come around the corner you can see that they indeed have built up a wooden bar, there's a bunch of tables here, uh, there's a stage where a bard is playing some music. Where is Landara? Uh, she's all on an adventure. She, uh, Someone came through and uh, they were having some problems at their home and uh, she decided to go through and give them a hand. She was getting kind of antsy just hanging out here.
0: Who's Landara?
1: Uh,
2: she was another person who we actually recruited as like a guide while we were here. She was pretty cool.
1: And you're here doing what you do best. Yep, making my famous ricey fish and slinging brews.
3: (laughs) Outstanding.
1: (laughs) Trog, have you heard or
2: seen anything about Esten? Not since you killed him. Well, unfortunately, we got another one back on our world. Oh. Somehow he came into or through... Card, is that what you said it was called, Professor? Yes. Uh, And we are not sure where he has ended up. I didn't know if he had dipped through here at any point or... No,
1: if I'd seen him, I'd have smashed his dumb face.
0: Okay, uh, but you said this used to be his, like, Aston's place?
1: Yeah, this was his uh, his lair that he created. Uh, it's where uh, he had Jake captured for a while. I remember, he did those experiments on you. Yeah, how could I forget?
0: Oh, uh, did he leave? I mean, I assume he left some stuff behind. I mean, do you guys find anything that might help us figure out what this Aston is doing, if he's kind of got the same goal?
3: Uh, there were some books and things, but we really poured over what we could. We got some stuff that was helping us in the moment, but I, I don't remember anything that would be connected to any of this. I mean, it's the same kind of thing he was trying, but in a whole different world with a whole other set of resources.
1: Yeah, we really didn't keep anything of his. Uh, seemed a little creepy. Never know what it uh, you know, could do. But we did keep that, and he indicates to the far end of the bar in the corner... Where Jake, the golem that you inhabited for quite a while, stands in the corner. Whoa. What is it? Uh
2: that was like my body. Boy, the horrific implications of seeing that again didn't really occur to me until I saw that again. But that is like that was me. Yeah.
1: You had that mohawk made of made of gems. I did
2: have the mohawk made of gems. That's pretty cool. And the chef's hat <laughs> and the apron. <laughs>
0: This sounds like some weird, like, DLC outfit that you got for a character. <laughs> we
2: installed mods. <laughs> uh, I mean, in some way, we need to try and pick up a trail still. We need to try to figure out where Esten went. That's the that's the goal here, right?
0: Yeah, but I'm going to assume, you know, since Trog said he didn't see him, that he didn't come this way. So he's probably still on card.
3: Yeah, I have to assume.
0: Unless he has another portal there somewhere that leads to another place.
3: Well, yeah, okay, that's fair. So what happens when we go back through the door? Does it just spit us out right where we came from? Yeah. Nice. That's wild. This whole thing is so cool. Yeah,
1: there was, uh, like I said, we had quite a while to work on it and really nothing else to focus on since we couldn't get out.
3: Yeah, fair.
1: And as you're all kind of contemplating what it is exactly you want to do next, Trog goes behind the bar and starts getting some refreshments together. And I think we're going to count this as a short rest. And the inn that wanders has a special move. Uh, When you take a short rest at the inn that wanders, roll plus Wisdom. Okay. Four.
3: Ten. Also a ten.
1: All right, so Jake, you eat the food and you drink the drink and you get very drowsy and fall forward onto the bar asleep. Okay, but like what's the effect of the roll? (laughs) Uh, Tass and Megan, so on a ten plus, you get to choose three of these four options. You recover as if you have rested for three days. You eat and drink your fill and collect three rations. You experience a vision. You do not collapse into a mystical sleep.
3: Oh, God. And we're picking three of the four. Correct. Uh, well, I'm going to say not collapse into the sleep. Okay.
0: Now, is it magical in the sense of like it's a magical effect or it's just like this is the best sleep I've had in a very long time. It's magical.
3: Uh, a little of both.
0: I got to say that's real tempting. <laughs>
3: Uh, I think I'm going to go with the first one and the third one. So um, recovery and then a vision. Okay.
0: Yeah, since one of us is already asleep, I suppose I'll not fall asleep as well and uh, go with the, the other three.
1: All right. So you both get to add three rations to your collection. You get to heal your damage and you both get a vision. Megan, the vision that you have is reaching out to this ley line and channeling that energy and that memory of shattering through the different panes of glass. And I think for a brief moment, you get this almost bird's eye view of this snowy mountain that you were all traversing over. And you remember walking through a cavern and then passing through this energy field and then being in snow. And for this brief moment, as you are getting this bird's eye view of this place, you see four orbs just next to each other connected to this tunnel and each of them is glowing with a slightly different energy field around the entirety of it. And they almost look like snow globes. Um, Only one of them has literal snow in it. One of them looks like it is filled with water. One of them looks like it is filled with shadow. And the other one looks like it has some large castle inside of it. To ask the vision that you get is of you laying on a stone slab in that moment when they resurrected you and that feeling of All of the energy coursing into you and the change that happened to your body and you see it again as you stepped through this energy field in that vision you see the glowing gem in your head light up in both of them very brightly as if it's absorbing the energy and the magic from the world around you transforming you into what that world allows. Jake you are so comfy and so asleep tight. What are you dreaming about? Like, this isn't a vision. What are you dreaming about? Oh, man. I'm in an episode
2: of Gilmore Girls. Um, it's like that dream logic where, like, I am one of the characters, but also nobody knows me. It's where they open the ice cream shop. I'm running the ice cream shop in Gilmore Girls. Like, no one knows you? Like, like everybody's treating me like I'm me, uh. and I'm a new person to them. Like, I'm someone they know, but I am Jake. Jake except I am filling the role of a character that already existed in the show. Gotcha. Yeah. Those are great dreams. Yeah. I feel like I belong. Yeah. And everybody's so fast
1: and so witty. God, I love it oh, here. It's a nice change from the, <laughs> the normal world you come from. <laughs> so re- surrounded by all of us dullards. Fuck. <laughs> Big sad.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, so Tess and Megan, both of you feel rested, rested, you have healed you have um gotten no strange magical sleep but you notice that after you finish your food after you have this vision wash over you jake is still asleep
3: whoa do you feel like you just fell
1: asleep
0: uh, uh no but like kind of like i had a dream or like a vision maybe
3: yeah like i i get visions a lot but this was different this was um i don't know i, I, I kind of felt like i fell asleep and Jake's still riding his, I guess. Yeah, he's out.
1: Yeah, he'll probably be out for a while. It seems to be uh, people come in here and they have a drink, have have something to eat, and they get rested up. Sometimes it's kind of like instant. Sometimes it's kind of like three days they sleep.
3: Three days? Yeah,
1: give or take. Four more days. Try the rum raisin.
0: Three. Can we wake him up?
1: You know, I've never been able to so far, but that doesn't mean you can't.
0: Oh, no.
3: Oh,
1: God. He will wake up feeling very good.
3: Well, that's great, but...
0: We don't really have the time. Yeah. I think?
3: Yeah, we gotta get him out of here. I wonder if pulling him through the door does anything?
0: Maybe. I mean, we could try it. I guess we could bring him back if we can't wake him up through the other side. Right. So what was your vision about?
3: Oh, right. So, like... (sighs) You know, I I became the chosen, right? Like we sort of forced it to happen. There's something about all of this that I saw in the vision that made me feel like that again. Like coming through and being in the space and like that awakening, like that energy, the way that it snapped into me.
0: Like you think it has something to do with you being a chosen?
3: I don't know. I don't know that it's about me exactly.
0: Just chosen in general? Yeah, Yeah. what I saw was like I could kind of see when we were going through the tunnel, like coming through into card. It was like passing into this like bubble of a world with snow in it. And like we were partway through it and then it continued on past that. And there were other bubbles, one with shadow and uh, water. And I think there's like a castle at the end. I think maybe he is there like we have to go through to get to him. I mean, it makes sense if, you know, we were going through this tunnel and we went through a portal into another world. It makes sense if there's another portal to another world and then another one if he's trying to hide.
3: Yeah. So like, again, there's that idea of there has to be a path to where he wants to go, even if he can teleport in or out. So yeah, I mean, this is either a part of the grander thing or he just is really, really good with his security. I mean, think about this, having to fight our way through all of this just to get to him. If if you're saying this is the first of four of these globes we have to go through, that's wild. With both her vision and mine and kind of these pieces, is there anything that I think I could suss out from that? Like, I don't know, is there any connecting thread?
1: Uh, yeah, you could try to roll discern realities if you're trying to puzzle this together. That's a nine.
0: Uh, yeah, if I could help out by like, establishing a mental connection and showing him essentially the same thing that I saw.
1: Okay, uh, roll eight or interfere. Eight. All right, so that bumps you up one, tass. Uh And I think, Megan, this does put you in danger. So
3: it's just going to be a minus
1: one on your next telepathy.
3: Okay. All right, that bumps me to a 10.
1: Yeah, so you get a hold three.
3: So with all these pieces, what here is useful or valuable to me?
1: Leaning in the direction of the vision that you had or the vision that Megan had?
3: I think I have to go with mine.
1: Okay. So I think the thing that's useful or valuable to you here is that when you became the chosen, you took in all of this energy and you were able to do that because of the crystal in your head. And you know that the crystal in your head means that you are not necessarily a chosen, but a possible chosen. And you experience the same thing coming through to card into this dungeon world-esque world. You changed, you magically absorbed the energy and became something that fit in this world. And you don't feel any negative effect like Grandpa Tincher discussed coming here bodily. And I think the valuable piece of information here is it wasn't just you who changed. It was all three of you.
3: Wait a sec. Wait a minute. It clicked in my head. We walked through. I felt that same thing, that same, well, the spark that a Chosen would get walking through. I think we're all three possible Chosen. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that makes so much more sense. I don't know what Nash was planning or how he was planning to force it. I mean, taking a monstrous and doing something like that is one thing. I don't know what all the pieces he would need would be, but I guess it just never occurred to me that somebody would have to already be a potential as well to get changed. If it happened to you, of course you are. Oh my God.
0: So you're saying that I only, well, uh, other me, I guess, only got turned into whatever it was because I was a possible chosen?
3: I mean, that had to have been a factor for him choosing you.
0: This guy, too? And I point at Jake.
3: Apparently. (laughs) Order more maraschino cherries. (laughs) So with that in mind, for hold two, I'm thinking about Megan's stuff now. There are these four sort of orbs and worlds to go through. To me, it just looks like this is the path we have to take. Is there anything about this that isn't what it appears to be? So the thing here that
1: is not what it appears to be is, yes, it is the path you think that you would have to take to get to him. But with what you know about the runes and the circles and the magic spell to transfer that power into another person, another host, that Nash is drawing power from other worlds. You know that from Megan's grandfather that you talked to. As you see this in Megan's head, as she shares this vision with you, you see the stone tunnel and these four little orbs still surrounded by rock. So it seems like Esten is drawing his power from other places, but maybe he can't do it as well, so he's brought pieces of those other places to him.
3: Megan, okay. What? Okay, it's coming together. Okay. So all the pieces, there are the the circles, right? Like for these spells that we've kind of talked about, it's always four circles, three surrounding one. Uh-huh. There are four of these orbs that are just in the hallway, from what you showed me. These are these are the circles. One of them is the quote unquote central circle. The other three he's pulled to himself to kind of our world sort of. They're just in the tunnel, but he's like made them little pockets that he's using as the other circles to fuel his thing.
0: So he's drawing energy from these other worlds through these orbs. Yeah. Okay, so what happens if we cut off the connection? Can we do that?
3: With that thought, Like if he's using these orbs to bring in these worlds and and use them as a source, what here is useful or valuable to me? Like I am guess I'm trying to figure out the difference between should we do more work in each one trying to find whatever this piece of the circle is that he's using and break that? Or like is the useful thing to plow through these and get to him?
1: Yeah, I think with what And I don't this is this isn't a a jab, but with what little, you know, of magic compared to like Jake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That you think it would have to be a very powerful spell to keep like a chunk of a world tethered in our world. I kind of described that it almost looks like a little snow globe. Like, I think you can see the layers like someone took an ice cream scoop and just took part of a world and dropped it down. So like Raylor may not even know that he's in this dome. Like he just thinks he's on the mountain and he goes to the edge of it and it's like, Oh no. Yeah. And so you imagine it has to be pretty powerful magic to keep part of another realm tethered here. And so you don't think you could undo that inside of the spell. You think that to undo that, you would have to get to wherever that spell is, is being cast or is anchored.
3: Okay. Okay, cool. All right. I don't know. God, we need Jake to be awake for this, but still with what I've seen, I think we just got to get through these. You know, part of what we want to do with this whole scheme going to the future and all that is to find all of the pieces so that we can break them down. But we're like inside of a piece. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, we're inside one of the bubbles.
3: Yeah. So I don't think we can break that without something catastrophic happening or even at all, really, probably. So we got to go.
0: Yeah. If we're not even through the first one yet, I mean, I I can't imagine what we're going to end up facing, but we should probably get going on it.
3: I guess we're dragging Jake out of here and hoping that wakes him up. And if not, we'll do what we can.
0: I'll use my telekinesis to just weaken at Bernie's, carry him along. It'll be fine.
3: I like it. Very good. Well, damn, Trog, it's good to see you, bud. But I think we kind of have to, I think we have to scram. You're right. Good luck. Thank you. And um, now that we have the, the knob here, you can bet we'll try to see you more. Yeah, sounds good.
0: It was really nice to meet you.
1: Yeah, you as well.
3: Raylor, are you chilling here or are you uh,
1: coming back through? Uh, I rolled his dice. Uh, as you turned to ask him that question, he is also asleep on the bar.
3: <laughs> Welp. Um, I'll get Raylor.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll use my telekinesis to levitate Jake <laughs> out of the room.
1: Yeah, no problem. You are able to uh, lift Jake out of his spot at the bar and hover him over to the door. Uh, As you all approach the door, it does open of its own accord, and you can see the inside of Raylor's cave through the door. After you.
0: After you, and I have Jake go through, and I follow him.
1: All right, so you push Jake through, uh, and then you all follow, and the door closes behind you. Jake, how much harm do you have? I'm only sitting at one damage right now. Okay, so you're at two now. There is a moment where as you pass through this door, you are jarred awake. Uh, you feel like if you had been in worse shape, that could have been way more deadly. Uh, but the two of you see as you push Jake through the door, he's ripped out of this magical sleep and a couple of his old wounds open up and start to bleed.
2: Gah! Oh, no. Oh, what happened? You fell asleep and
3: you interfered with that. Yeah, Trog said it was going to be like a week or something.
2: Oh, that sounds amazing.
3: I know, but there's stuff going on. And hey, good news, you're a chosen. I. Don't, what are you talking about? Megan and I had some visions. I sort of parsed it together. All three of us are potential chosens. I don't know what to do with that, but that's not the point. The point is, we have to, we have to keep going. There are... The orbs, that like, well, no, oh God, I don't even know where to start okay, with this. Okay,
0: start over. We're going through the tunnel, we go through a portal, we're in the snow world, right? Yeah. Snow world's like a bubble. We pass through that bubble, we find another bubble with some other weird stuff in it. We do that again and we do it one more time and then we should probably find Esten.
3: Yeah, that was way better than my thing.
2: Okay, so do we know a direction? Where Are we literally just like walking across this to the other side or something? Can you guys just put me back in the dream
0: no, if we have to do be I here, have you to do too. This?
2: I was in I was Laura like Elmore is such a card, guys. Like it was a good dream.
3: I don't I literally don't know what that means. <laughs> I do. Um,
0: let's keep going forward. I think if we just follow the path up this mountain, maybe just like the, the path we were on, I because that kind of felt right. Like we, we thought we had to go this way, right?
3: Yeah, if they were lined up the way you showed me, it seems like we gotta just go from one to the next. We have to Get through whatever this space is, sort of path is. I
1: think at this point, Raylor, who has also been jarred out of the sleep, uh, raises his hand.
3: What do you mean, trapped in a bubble? So you're kind of in like a little pocket dimension version of a piece of your world. Like it was sort of scooped out of a card, you said it's called? Yes. And it is now sort of occupying another place. So until we get through and break that, You're sort of trapped here. Oh, where did you enter into card? Like, what was your surroundings? Kind of in the middle of a field, looking at the mountain in the distance and that little camp.
0: Yeah, we weren't too far away from that camp.
1: Oh, all right. I will not venture past that point until I, I don't know, what would the signal be that it's, I'll just continue to do my research and
3: I'll go see if there's a boundary when I'm finished, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's the best we can offer you.
0: So, do we keep going towards that bridge that you talked about?
3: I mean, that seems right. It seems like the only other path,
1: yeah, and the bridge would be essentially just a straight line from where you came in.
0: All right, I think we need to get there to get through this world. Jake, how you feeling? I see you're bleeding a little bit there?
1: Oh,
2: yeah, I am no i'm I'm pretty good. yeah, that kind of smarts though.
3: I mean, I've got some more bandages and stuff if you want to get wrapped up before we run.
2: yeah, i wouldn't I wouldn't
1: mind a band-aid here.
3: All right, and I'll get to work on patching him up.
1: All right, so you apply bandages, uh, remove one charge, and Jake, you can heal those two points of damage.
3: Huzzah, I'm full. Well, Raylar, do you know the fastest way down the other side of the mountain? Do you have a sled? No.
0: Do you have one we could borrow? One. That, that'll
3: work.
1: Very well. And he goes over uh, into the corner and opens up a box and pulls out a fairly long metal sled.
3: Oh, but then now I'll feel bad if you get in a scrape and the big beast thing comes for you. You won't be able to get away quickly.
1: Yes, that's true. This is my emergency conveyance. Dang it. <laughs>
0: this is my escape sled.
1: <laughs> Breaking case of Itai. <laughs> I
2: could try to like go back to that camp and bust off a door or something if we want to just have a makeshift sled. Well, that seems like a long trek just to do that. I think I could teleport here, though.
3: Oh, yeah I right. think I,
2: I think I brought that with me. I don't think I can bring you guys along but like actually I feel like I'm kind of like looking around I'm like I think I can I think if I can see it I can do it if I if I can see it <laughs> then I can be it. I don't remember the actual words to I believe I can fly.
1: I bled, I can sled. (laughs) I hope I don't fall and bust my head. (laughs) If the yeet eye catches me, I'm dead.
0: (laughs) How do you have a karaoke machine in here?
1: (laughs) It's standard research equipment.
0: (laughs) It's what he records all his field notes on.
1: (laughs) I'm researching the acoustics of caves.
0: (laughs) I love him.
3: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, I mean... I honestly don't know if that would work. I've Sleds usually have like the front end is kind of turned up to be able to like be aerodynamic and like work on snow. And we could try it, but I don't know.
3: And if we start to wipe out, we pop in the knob, open that baby up and fall through to <laughs> safety.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: I just have no better idea.
0: I mean, yeah, if you can teleport, we don't have to wait for you to make the entire journey. Let's try it.
2: Okay. Uh well yeah, I'll walk back out and scan the horizon for that
1: camp again. Can I can I see it from here? Yeah, you can. Um it's a little hard to see because you notice that the snow has picked up, um uh, but you can still make out the outline of the shacks. Okay. Well, I can I can barely see it. The the weather's getting worse again though.
2: Ooh.
3: Does it look like the weird witchy ghost woman stuff or is it just legitimately getting Worse.
2: I have no idea.
0: Well, if your ability to teleport is conditional on your visibility, either hurry up or this is a bad idea.
2: Uh, all right. I'm going to
1: take a second to gather up some magic here. All right. Roll it. 12. All right. And uh, how much does it cost to, to teleport Do you just have to have some? Um, I can spend one magic to teleport to a location I can see. Okay.
2: So I will spend one to teleport to the camp. So Jake, what does this look like when you use the sword to teleport? Well, the text of the move says your weapon can slice through space. So I think I literally swing the sword down and it cuts a rift that I just like instantly
1: follow through. Yeah, so you slash through space and step into the center of this little camp with its four huts. Uh, I'll take a brief look around to see if
2: there's anything here that seems like it would be a better substitute for a sled. Uh, Why don't you roll discern
1: realities? Seven. All right, you get to hold one. What here is useful or valuable to me? I think that looking around you do notice that part of the roofs of these places have some metal on them and you think that if you were to take the doors and that metal part of the roof you could probably make what Megan described something a lip at the front to stop snow from just piling up on it
2: okay uh then I'll do that I'll start trying to break one of these down and get the requisite
1: pieces Uh, so I think as you're doing this you do hear again that familiar wail on the wind I go faster yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, I, I just imagine you kind of looking back over your shoulder as you hear that, and you do see her off in the distance. She's not looking at you. She's just kind of roaming, um, but the storm does seem to be centered around her, so it seems like you were able to dissipate her, but that she has reformed in this, in this area. Okay. Uh, but you were able to gather the pieces and spend another point of magic to get back to Raylor's cave. All right.
3: Oh, look at you doing some inventing here, huh?
1: Yeah, I think
2: we'll have to kind of bind these together, but hopefully this will serve the purpose. Um, Spooky Snow Lady is back. Yes, she has kind of reformed, remanifested. She's out there making the snow.
1: That's interesting. You destroyed her, but she pulled herself back together or maybe did you did you not kill her? I guess how do you kill a ghost? <laughs>
3: yeah, that's a good point. If it's more just dissipating her until she reforms, then yeah, she might just be there. Interesting.
1: Uh, There could be something inside of her, uh, I suppose this is probably not your immediate concern, but there could be something inside of her journal that maybe would help uh, discern how to permanently release her, but uh, I do realize you're in a hurry.
3: Yeah, as much as I'd like to release someone that's trapped in that way, I don't don't know that we have time for that at the moment.
2: Also, we might want to reconnect this to the rest of its plane, or else there might be nowhere to release her to. Oh,
3: God. Oh, interesting.
2: Because, I mean, like... I don't know, this might be cut off from the beyond, you know, whatever. If you've been scooped out of your dimension, maybe there's nowhere to go. Oh, so you're saying
1: maybe I can't die.
2: Maybe, or maybe if you did, like, you'd also be trapped here, inevitably. But we're gonna fix that. Those are both very interesting options.
1: I'm gonna start trying to put these pieces together, make a sled. Yeah, no problem, it takes just a little bit of time. Uh, Raylor has some equipment in here that can help. Uh, but you are able to basically use this metal to put a lip around the sled and in some of the slats in the wood of the door uh, to make sure that it won't take out a bunch of snow when you try to use it.
3: Okay, let's sled down a mountain, shall we? Let's
0: do it. I'm ready. I'm so excited. Let's go. Middle. Front.
3: Okay. (laughs) Back then. You guys ever seen cool runnings? If you think
2: I wasn't going to quote Cool Runnings as we got on this sled, you are a fool. <laughs> if you think I wasn't just
1: about to say, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. <laughs> if you don't think I've been Googling Cool Runnings for the last three minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the three of you leave Raylor's cave and uh, start heading around to the other side of the mountain. This is where those Thai prints are. You know what are you doing exactly? Are you are you trying to keep an eye out for this thing? Are you just trying to rush over there as fast as you can until uh, you can see the bridge and start sledding, or?
3: Yeah, I I don't think I can help scanning. Like I've got the gun up and I am trying to cover us as we go. I admittedly I'm probably not paying attention to anything else, but I am looking for the big boy. Okay, uh, roll discern realities. Okay, ten. All right, you get to hold three. Okay, I am. Scoping out the scene, so first thing that I'm really paying attention to, are there creatures hidden?
1: Yes, uh, you do notice that as you're scanning around, there are certainly more of the ice gnomes that are hidden partway down the hill towards the ice bridge. Uh, and you do see the tracks of the Yitai, uh, and you can see, seems like it's laying down in the snow closer to the peak, maybe sleeping, but you can see the steady rise and fall of a very, very large mass of
3: white fur. Whoa, look. And I'm going to point up towards it. You see that lump?
0: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. I can see it.
3: Holy shit. Okay, we got more ice gnomes too on the way down. So if we could like, you know, scooty scoot on past those as fast as possible, that would be superb. And I'll try to kind of point out the spots.
1: Yeah, and as Taz is showing you all of this, you know, what you see is that you're now on the far side of this mountain, and about halfway down this mountain is the ice bridge that was discussed before that spans over a large chasm that leads then to another smaller mountaintop, and that these ice gnomes seem to be buried under the snow about halfway to the bridge.
3: Ah, uh, what here is not what it appears to be.
1: The thing here that is not what it appears to be is the bridge appears to be stable. It may not be entirely stable.
3: Okay. Who's really in control here?
1: The elements. You think that the the wind, the snow, all of those things affect so much of what is aware of where anything else is, how strong the bridge is, um, how strong the wind is across that chasm, if anything in that chasm can hear folks above, et cetera.
3: All right. We got to get across this one way or another. So what here is useful or valuable?
1: You're kind of used to being on this mountaintop. Now, you've been up here for a while talking to Raylor, climbing up one side, coming around. It's very steep. You imagine that if you were to climb onto this sled and the weight of the three of you just ride it towards the bridge, you would not stop, even when you hit the bridge, and that seems very bad.
3: Oh, you guys, no, we can't can't do this. What? Just the angle where the bridge is, if we jump on a sled and we go down this... That bridge is absolutely not stable enough for us to hit the bottom and actually get across it on this thing.
0: Come on.
3: I know. I want it to. What's unstable about the bridge? I think to
1: paint the picture here, the snow bridge is literally just a bridge made of ice. There's no strong symmetry to it. There's you know, uneven patches on it. So was this, this is not constructed? No, this is naturally occurring. Oh. Yeah, okay. so it okay. is It is a
2: literal ice bridge. Okay, I see. Our concern is being able to stop at the bottom before we hit the bridge. Yes. yes? I mean, do we think we could, like, use some kind of anchor or something, like as we get closer to the bottom to, to tie off to the sled and toss it out behind us and slow us down?
0: Maybe. I, I might also be able to... Use telekinesis a little bit to help. I don't think I could have complete control over it, but it might give us a little bit of a little bit of a boost.
2: Um, I'm going to rummage through my pack uh, and I'm going to pull out a grappling hook. I will mark a charge off of my adventuring gear.
1: Okay.
2: Um, but I'll say like, I mean, maybe I can, you know, either dig this into the snow as we go down or hook it around something as we go and use it to slow some of our momentum. Or worst case, if we start to plummet off the ice bridge, maybe I can hook it on and keep us from falling to our doom.
3: Yeah, I mean, that works for me.
2: I think this is going to be fine. Who's
1: steering? Still Megan? Still in the front?
0: Whatever lets me be in the front and getting to see this, like, without any obstructed view.
1: All right. So paint me a picture. How are the three of you arranged on this? Megan in front, Tass in middle. Yeah. Me in
2: back. Megan's got the reins. I've got a grappling hook ready to cast it out behind us. Is it possible for me to use the sword as a rudder of any kind to help steer us? Uh, The
1: dice will tell us. (laughs) All right, very good. I'll save that as a possible aid (laughs) in my head. And so I guess what I'm really asking is, like, are you all facing the same direction? Are you sitting with your legs on the outside of each other? Like, how are you physically on this to do the things you've discussed doing? Oh, I'm scared of how specific this is getting. (laughs) Um,
2: I'm imagining, yeah, like, legs wrapped around the person in front of you sitting upright facing the same way. I
0: think we need to not do this, like... So if we're trying to stop before the ice bridge, we need to not do this in a way that makes us go as fast as possible. You know what I mean? So like if there's any way we can like disrupt how aerodynamic we are? Okay. That might help?
2: Uh I can kind of like hang my feet, not hang my feet off the side, but like kind of have my heels off the side in the snow to like create a little yeah. bit of drag as we go along in addition to that. Maybe that's what we should do. Or should I be facing backwards so that when it's time to throw the grappling hook out like I'm I'm strong holding on to that? But then I'm just going to... The sled goes out from under me and
1: I just stop. Either way, just me. <laughs> That's why... Now you understand why I'm asking for specifics.
2: That's why I'm talking about casting it into the snow. So that it just... It drags and it slows things down. It doesn't
1: just catch something and rip me clean off yeah. the sled. Because you do know that there's like two feet of permafrost underneath the snow. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if you... If you hold on to tass and tassel held on to me and then you do the grappling hook, the sled could keep going and we can stop with and We can you. all stop and...
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So do we like actually rope each other together then? <laughs> We live we live as a team, we die as a team. Is that what we're
3: going for? If
0: going as fast as possible is not a concern, our main focus has to be steering and bailing in whatever way we can get the most control over those two things.
3: Okay, then that is about the only way I think I'd be able to help is yeah, let's tie each other together. Megan, you'll steer us down. Jake, be ready to slow us at the right spot, and then I'll try to be the one to call it to literally be the one to bail to tug you two off of that sled if it gets too rough. Okay.
1: So you've discussed a couple different options. Jake, are you facing backwards or forwards?
2: Um, I think I'm facing backwards. Okay. If they have taken responsibility for a couple of like the steering and the calling it, again, I am trying to put my trust in my team here, so I'll face the other way so that I can eyeball when I need to like hook the grappling hook onto something and like monitor it to try and slow us down. Okay, so you're also going to be the one to give a
1: push off. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. All right, so you all pile onto the sled after tying yourselves to one another. Jake takes his position and plants his feet into the snow, and as he starts to push off, you hear that the wind kind of shifts a little bit. It dies down, and you hear just a real deep rumbling on the ground. Uh, what, do I see anything? As you look up from pushing off the sled, you see, maybe 50 yards away, the Yitai in a dead sprint towards all of you.
0: The Fable and Falling Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, Maria Kennedy from Hero Trackers here to tell you about a special report we've been working on at Hero Track Media. With the help of my producer Shayna, we're going to reveal the life story of a mysterious hero that as far as we can tell, has never been covered by a media outlet before. Subscribe to this podcast feed to learn more about this hero and the strange circumstances surrounding their life and career, and how they might be connected to your favorite heroes. Coming soon from hero Track Media, Vigil.
1: Vigil
3: Season 1, an audio fiction superhero thriller in 10 parts From All In Productions, featuring Haley Sanfilippo as Maria Kennedy and Adam Kudishat as Vigil. Subscribe or follow to make sure you're the first to know about Vigil.